Hi, this is Suparna Goswami, Principal Correspondent with Information Security Media Group. I have with me today Ramon Liparoni, IT Integrations Manager with Comair. Ramon will be sharing his thoughts on vendor risk management. Welcome Ramon to the ISMG discussion. Thank you. I wanted to talk to you about third party vendor risk management and nowadays any vulnerability in the third party vendor environment can prove to be a single point of failure allowing attackers to gain a foothold in the network. What are the different components of a third party risks today? Well look I mean from us you to look at it from the component side there are many risks and what we're starting to experience more and more and more especially on the airline side is the credit card risk and the exposure of customer data outside of our organization due to the reliance on third party hosted third party vendor systems cloud based vendor sort of management on behalf of us we're experiencing more and more and more elements we used to think it was around breaches coming in but we're starting to find a lot of the internal breaches that we're starting to pick up now as well so if we were to look at it from a third party environment the single point of failure is is no longer just a single point internal we're starting to pick up we're starting to have to manage our vendors a little bit more effectively with a little bit more your know, vigilance around how vulnerable they their systems are outside of our environment we look at the risk components of every vendor so you're looking at things like how does the vendor perform what is the vendor's criteria for security and then we start looking at the vendor outside of the environment and how they sort of participate in the in the broader market we like to look at things along the assessment side so we'll assess the vendor using the basic five criteria steps that you get what i did pick up a lot and I, and i seem to be picking it up a lot more nowadays is good vendor catalog there's not a lot of due diligence done on the vendor how their participation is in the market and i'm starting to see a lot more of the turnaround cost against due diligence and it's it's starting to come out more and more and more i mean what i try to do more nowadays is create a vendor list and create a concise effective working list of known vendors in the market to ensure that those vendors are certified and then from a risk assessment side from a vendor side you're looking more at what can we do as a company to sort of alleviate the potential legalities around PCI and poppy compliance because the upstream systems are not so much the problem as the downstream collection of that information that we're receiving within our environments and then the problem is some of those downstream systems that we have end up going to third party hosted environments so we're not only taking the customers details internally we're actually then exposing them externally again unbeknownst to some to some of the the areas that we work in so ramon once we have created a vendor list what are the next steps to be taken all right so so once we've created the vendor list because an organization no matter what the size is you end up having a vendor list of some sort and if you don't effectively manage that vendor list it, it actually gets out of hand so then we end up sort of with lost vendor information and some vendors also don't seem to evolve any further than that so then we take a, a an additional step from the vendor list and then we create what we term as a profile for that vendor so then we create a working profile especially with the airline it's such a strict and such a, a niche market there are very few vendors out there that can actually provide the kind of services that an airline would need i mean and most of the ones that we end up experiencing are internationals and we have very little exposure to the international vendor itself so we go on reliance of word of mouth or we end up looking along so we end up then creating this bucket to know what kind of vendors we can use for specific services we do what we term as an impromptu audit we kind of like to look at what who the vendor is and then we go and do an impromptu sort of audit on them so you can learn a lot 
by visiting the vendor's location. This site, all the sites that they manage, we're also finding some of our third-party vendors are UK-based or internationally, the US. So from time to time, we do actually like to go out and just a sort of an impromptu audit and you know interact with them in an environmental idea because you can actually see what they're offering, what the services are, and sort of what you're going to be getting yourself into. You kind of see it. You don't always necessarily get it. Then we come back and then we create a little vendor assessment or a self-assessment questionnaire. So Ramon, you spoke about questionnaires. What are the different components one should look into while preparing a questionnaire for vendors? I like to make my assessment questionnaires sort of vendor specific. So I try to reduce the size of the questions, make them more accurate. If the questionnaire is too big, you lose vital data. You lose it because it gets bogged down and most vendors don't like to answer 200 plus questions on themselves. So what we do is we sort of customize our questionnaires around that. And then we've also noticed that if it's too small, you don't get the vital inf- information that you actually need to make the right decision. And once we finish with that, then we jump into the within dialogue with them. We have a knack lately of being able to look at it, and I can't emphasize this enough. One has to pay attention to what's not being said. A lot of the vendors have a lot of great ideas, but have never really been in the aeronautical space. So they don't really have all the answers. They have whatever industry they have been proficiently set up or that their product is being built around. And we pick up a lot of applications that we look at and a lot of products that come across my desk. They don't have the aeronautical aspects to it. So it's still sort of a very vague, I look for the signs where there's the ability to give me an idea or all the, the product. With those subtleties, you can actually end up picking up the possible issues, both from a legality aspects, as well as a product aspect, as well as a service aspect further down the road as well. And then you tie it back to their assessment questions. And you can actually take their responses and go back to the assessment, their assessment questionnaire and actually sort of match it line for line and those sort of things. Okay, sure. So given the challenges that you just mentioned around vendor risk management and to how to assess them, So what are the processes and technology elements to implement given the current threat landscape? Well, look, it's twofold for me. Whichever way you look at it, the digital world, cyber strategy or vendor strategy, you know, you've always got to be able to tie the strategy back to the business. They have to go hand in hand. And most of the time, business objectives are normally the paramount or the driver of anything else along this. So implementation of of, of that kind of technology is no longer possible without effective business strategies aligning with the business model models and then aligning back with the vendor model as well. There is an incredible amount of technology on the market and finding the right piece that fits in the business and fits to your business model is not as easy anymore. The- sure. So Ramon, what is a proper way to segment third-party networks and manage authentication? You know, network segmentation, I think it's been around for a long time. Proper way, I think, to segment a third-party network. I look at it from the segmenting my network is a major project. It, it's a project no matter what what you do. It's not something that you can just, you know, we'll get to it or we'll look at just ourselves or segmenting just a portion of it. There are certain criteria that need to be assessed. One of them is the inherent risk. The first part of it is always to look at, you have to have a plan for inherent risk. If you do not have that plan, then there's no ways to measure the complacency. Are they compliant at any stage? With a proper IRA plan or inherent risk plan, 
you actually get a chance to holistically look at your enterprise. You can create a secure collaboration using proper inherent risk plan across the company's ecosystem. It's your key component to allow you to sort of content, especially when it comes to content management and content storage and the accessibility for your third-party vendors outside of your system. Then the next part of that is your access requirements. Here's where we seem to always, it's the it's the crumbs, the breadcrumbs trail that we end up picking up. You need to take more of an active approach to securing your third-party dependence. You've got to look at how the use cases for security or how the use case for access is granted. What we found, especially when we started a deeper dive into our systems, we found a lot of our vendors were given the sort of one-size-fits-all approach. And I think it was because in our infancy, when we first started, it was easier to just create a group policy that allows such and such a vendor to get in. And we never really looked at the holistic approach or what the impacts of that would be. So often we find it, and I found it a lot in businesses, it's a quick fix. To create a one-size-fits-all approach is great because it's a one-size-fits-all, it's a one size fits all, it's a quick fix. But what you end up having to do and what we've ended up picking up over time is you end up giving over-granting of access accessibility to systems unnecessarily. And that's what we've been doing is creating a different approach to access requirement. We've been taking a lot more time to build the right access levels per business unit and per vendor to ensure that what they get is actually only the portion that they need. Then the other side, which we also seem to forget a lot about, and I'm, I was actually very guilty of this up until about a year ago, is my assets inventory. The ability to know where things are. It's For me, it was the forgotten child. The other side, a vendor management plan. You've always got to have one. No matter what happens, you've always got to have a good vendor management plan. It gives you the power to ensure your disaster recovery plans are in place. And it gives you the ability to review your third parties. And, and especially from a granular level, you, you you can sort of manage them from all aspects. You know, you can enforce regular testing. You, It's a way of giving the power back to us, sort of be able to say, well, look, you're the vendor. These are the criteria. This is what's important for us. We need to plan. You need to tell us what your roadmap is moving forward. And we need to make sure that we are going in the same direction. Then we've got remote access. That's that's another one of our bane, which is, I think, is a bane for most organizations. You know, the controls and how you control your remote access. There's another thing. One of my IT managers actually raised that the other day. This validation and full session recording is vital. These kind of remote access, if you don't have the right validation, if you don't have session recording, you're going to have a breach somewhere along the line. The last one in that whole list of things that we usually do is authentication. The strong user authentication method, it reduces the risk of data breaches. The more and the stronger the authentication is, the better the reduction of risk. I think. Oh, great. Thanks a lot, Ramon. It was a pleasure interacting with you and knowing your experience around vendor risk management. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. You're listening to Ramon Liproni for ISMG Nisha. This is Suparna Goswami. Thank you for listening.